Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Monday, October 5th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Call 317-849-2933. Make an appointment to see the best dentist I've ever gone to. The only dentist I've gone to the last 26 years. The great Dr. Mike O'Neill. He and his entire team absolutely devoted to your dental health. Let's talk about the Colts. Winners yesterday up in Chicago at Soldier Field. Drama-free, 1911 win. The only minor drama was the onside kick with, uh, with a little bit of time left. Trey Burton fell on it. It was all good. The Colts, they beat the Bears. Nick Foles looked utterly ordinary, which you would expect. And the running game for the Bears was non-existent. Uh, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good for the Colts yesterday, they allowed 28 yards rushing. You're going to win a lot of games when you allow 28 yards rushing. Good for them. Uh, the last drive for the Colts that ended in a field goal, not the one where they killed it, right? Killed the clock at the end of the game. But the last real drive, that took 7 minutes and 12 seconds. That was a badass drive. That was very, very nice. Uh, Julian Blackman was really good yesterday. Three passes defensed yesterday. Julian Blackman was terrific. And you know what? I thought we were going to miss Malik Hooker when he went down with that injury. Not so much. I think Julian Blackman might have been the steal of the draft in the third round for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, really, really good. The outdoor elements didn't seem to bother Blankenship a bit. He made four field goals and his lone extra point. All good. I told you. What did I tell you all last week? Right? If you listen, you learn. I, I don't mean to be arrogant, but I told you the Colts were going to cover. I told you to take the under. I told you it was going to rely on Blankenship's foot. Ding, ding, ding. Come on. Uh, they ran. The Colts ran for better than 100 yards. Listen, there was some, there was some talk on social media yesterday about the offensive line of the Colts and how that offensive line was not really living up to the hype. Look, the Colts ran for better than 100 yards. The one sack that Rivers took, he took, right? He could have thrown it away, didn't want to throw it away, wanted the clock to continue to run, so he took the sack. That was it. it Rivers played clean yesterday. No picks, no turnovers for the Colts. When you do that, when they do that, they're going to win a lot of games. There's... Look, the offensive line, was it perfect? No. There were some plays where they just got stoned. Naheem Hines is kind of a feast or famine guy. He's either going to get 10 or he's going to get negative 2. That's the way it is. <clears throat> uh, this is, is an offensive line that's not perfect. I mean, they're not just going to maul people, play after play after play after play. But if Phillip Rivers doesn't take a lot of hits. If Phillip Rivers doesn't throw any picks, and and look, he could have, right? Tipped balls. Uh, Khalil Mack flat out dropped one. There, there could have been a couple of picks for Rivers yesterday, and if there had been, the result of this game likely would have been different. But there weren't any. So let's, uh, you know what? Let's not complain about winning. Let's enjoy the win. Can we do that? That seems reasonable. Let's enjoy this. 1911, they're 3-1, the first quadrant of the season. They go 3-1. They got the Browns coming up in Cleveland this week. No big deal. No big whoop. Darius Leonard, here's the bad. All right, Darius Leonard left the game. 
uh, in the first half with a groin. Stayed in his pads, stayed in his jersey. Groins are funky. Maybe we'll find something out about that today when Frank Reich addresses the media at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Reich has seen also left the game, but he didn't look altogether that bad. Right, he went off under his own power. Didn't look like he was limping too badly. Hopefully those injuries uh, don't take a lot of time for those guys to come back. I think the Colts can win without Rocky Seen. I think they can win without Darius Leonard too. But uh, better to have both those guys than not. That's for sure, especially going against a Cleveland Browns offense this coming Sunday that ran for 307 yards against the Dallas Cowboys. What a game that was. What a nightmare for Cowboys fans. Good heavens. Uh, more bad. Uh, the eight penalties for 76 yards. Two of those penalties accounting for 20 of those yards in the opening drive, both holding calls uh, against the Colts. I can't, that's two straight games. Quentin Nelson with a hold. What the hell's going on here? Uh, he should be able to go entire seasons without holding, for God's sake. That's what our expectation is, right? The Colts ended that drive with a touchdown. Mo Ali Cox, another nice catch, gets into the end zone. Anyway, um, those two penalties were, were the, the Colts were kind of absolved because of that touchdown, but it, you got to cut down on the penalties. The Colts, they don't have to play perfectly in order to win games, but they got to play well. You know, they got to play mostly clean. And from a turnover perspective, they were clean. From a penalty perspective, I think eight for 76 is too much uh, for the Colts. The ugly, there was no ugly. The, the ugly was Nick Foles. The ugly was the Bears running game, right? Nick Foles is Nick Foles. There is a reason why Nick Foles has started games for five different teams and has stuck with none of them. The reason, he is who he is. He, as the other guy, he's always coveted, right? He, he's like, this guy, Nick Foles. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's see what he can do. You always want to do that with Nick Foles. And then the result is always what it was yesterday at Soldier Field. It's always like, eh, he's okay. He's not great. He threw one pick. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't good. He is not going to win you games. If you're going to rely on other stuff to win you games, he can't lose you the game. And that interception really hurt them. The running game also absolutely terrible. I This is an interesting week for the Indianapolis Colts because if the Colts can go into Cleveland and if they can dominate again defensively, then you got to say, you know what, this is a pretty damn good defense. Justin Houston is playing his ass off. DeForest Buckner has been really, really good. Danico Autry, really good. They got guys, man. Grover Stewart's been good. Uh, Muhammad has been good. This is a stout defensive front that the Colts have. And if they can go into Cleveland and they can keep Cleveland's running game at bay, then all of a sudden you got to start saying, this is a pretty damn good team. They've given up 56 points in four weeks. You know what? They are playing really good football right now. And all the talk about Matt Eberflus and, and his schemes it goes away when they play like they did yesterday. Not a lot of blitzing with Eberflus. He sends four. And if he's got four who can speed up the quarterback, the Colts are going to win a lot of games. Three and one. It's all right. Got to go into Cleveland. Got to compete. Uh, the Heat, 
speaking of competing, they beat the Lakers last night. They could have folded their tent and said to hell with this. Let's get the hell out of this bubble. There's no shame in losing to LeBron James and Anthony Davis when we've got Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo injured. So maybe we just say enough's enough and let's go home. They didn't do that. Jimmy Butler played his balls off. 40 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. He was tremendous. The Heat win 115-104, defying all the odds. I really thought that LeBron James was going to say enough. I've been in this bubble enough. I got to go back to the mansion I just closed on that used to belong to Katherine Hepburn. I want to say I want to play tennis on Katherine Hepburn's lighted tennis court. Let's go. Get out of here. Win game three. Win game four. Get on a plane and bust ass to LA. Didn't happen. So it's 2-1. Game four, tomorrow night, the Heat, if they get Dragic and Adebayo back, they got a chance in this thing. I don't think they're going to win this series, but winning game three was a hell of a start to being competitive in the series. Um, one, one more win in game four, and Lakers fans, I don't know if there are any Lakers fans. There are LeBron fans, but there are a lot of Lakers fans outside of L.A., I mean. Obviously, a lot of Lakers fans in L.A., but nationally, I just think there are LeBron fans. And uh, they're going to get really nervous if uh, LeBron and the Lakers lose game four. That'd be fun. Uh, Major League Baseball, their division series start today. The National League Central utterly eliminated. The American League Central eliminated. So you've got the A's and the Astros. You've got the Yankees and the Rays tonight. And then it's all skate tomorrow. Uh, two Monday night football games tonight at 7 o'clock because of the, COVID, the positive COVID test uh, on Cam Newton with the Patriots. They postponed yesterday's game, Patriots and the Chiefs, to tonight. That's at, like I said, 7.05 on CBS, which is great for CBS because that's a hell of a game. It's terrible for ESPN, who has the Packers and the Falcons. Not necessarily a great game starting at 8.50. A lot of people are going to be watching the second half of the Pats and the Chiefs at 8.50, not the opening of Monday Night Football. Uh, and, and that, if I were running ESPN and I had spent all that money on the rights to Monday Night Football, I'd be on the phone to Roger Goodell and I'd be hot about it. Uh, the Pacers coaching sweepstakes, it continues and it's going to continue because they want to talk to Dan Craig. And talking to Dan Craig who's in the bubble, means that Dan Craig, the assistant for the Heat, he got to be out of the bubble. They also might want to talk to Chris Quinn, the assistant coach for the Heat. Uh, Dave Yeager, they have spoken to. And uh, then you've got Chris Finch, who's the associate head coach with the New Orleans Pelicans. They uh, are going to talk to Chauncey Billups if they haven't already. Mike D'Antoni also is a name that's being bandied about. We'll see what happens. I think it comes down to Yeager. And, uh, and Dan Craig, we talked about this at length on the Setting the Pace podcast with Alex Golden yesterday. It posted, and, and we talked about Victor Oladipo too, and I really think that Oladipo's value is so suspect that they might have to make, like the Pacers made a trade last offseason for T.J. Warren, where the Pacers got, I, I think, two second-round picks in order for them to accept T.J. Warren, and the contract that he brought with him. 
I think you might have to do that if you want to get rid of Victor Oladipo. I think you might have to give up some draft equity unless you pair Oladipo with somebody like Miles Turner on his way out. If you do that, then people are going to uh, uh, give you something back for Victor Oladipo because right now what Victor Oladipo is, is he's a bad contract. Unless Oladipo can come back at 100% from his torn quad tendon and that who knows at this point? You tear a tendon. Think about tearing an Achilles. You tear an Achilles. It is really, really hard, whatever age you are, to bring back that calf to where it was from a muscular, uh, musculature perspective. And that, that's the thing that Malik Hooker is going to have to do if he wants to play in the NFL again. Anyway, Victor Oladipo with that torn quad tendon, is he ever going to be the same guy? Or is he going to continue to suffer from that explosivity loss, explosiveness. He, he can't get around people and he can't get peop, or keep people from getting around him. That's problematic for a guy who shoots the three ball at a 35% clip. So it, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this breaks down. Maybe the Pacers are better off holding on to Victor Oladipo. I don't think he's signed him to a big money extension because you don't know what he's going to be. Moving forward, this coming year, the year after that, you have no idea, really. You can project it. You're going to have your medical staff evaluate and and try to say, you know what, he's got an 80% chance to regain 90% of his strength or some, you know, put together numbers like that. But who the hell knows? Victor Oladipo right now is a burden to the Indiana Pacers. He said last week, who is this? He, he's on this uh, podcast. Oh, I want to win a lot of hardware. Well, if, if Victor Oladipo wants to win a lot of hardware, he's going to have to reconcile himself to being like the fourth option, the fourth best player on a championship-level team because he is never, ever, ever going to be the best player on a team that wins a championship. That's just inconceivable. That's not who he is. If you're 28 years old, you know who you are. In the NBA, 28-year-olds at the Victor Oladipo level do not all of a sudden become 29- and 30-year-olds at the LeBron James level. It doesn't happen, ever. Victor Oladipo is a great guy and a good basketball player. And good basketball players can be supporting pieces to a championship team, but not the primary piece ever, ever, ever. We'll see what happens with Vic. Highly recommend the Setting the Pace podcast with, uh, with uh, uh, Alex Golden and I. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? The great Jeff Russell celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to Jeff, who has sworn off social media for the time being. It was starting to eat at his soul. I get that. That's why we try to put positive stuff out on social media, for God's sake. This is what we do. Andrew Chernoff, happy birthday. Angela DeWitt. Happy birthday, John Ryder. Happy birthday, Douglas Gushing. Happy birthday, Brian Feldman. Kimberly Harms Robinson. Happy birthday, Shonda Pickett. Happy birthday, Mary Cooper. Ramona Buttram. Happy birthday, Rick Hubot. Happy birthday, Martin Hensley. Celebrating a birthday of today's your birthday. You celebrate like hell if it's not your birthday. You celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment today. On Inside Indiana Sports... Uh, now, it'll be this afternoon. It's not now. We call it now because we do it in the afternoon. And it is now in the afternoon, but it's not now right now. It's later. So if, if we were doing it 
then and talking about it now, it'd be Inside Indiana later, Inside Indiana Sports later. But it, since it's Inside Indiana Sports now, we'll call it that in the afternoon. Any of that make any sense to anybody? Uh, we're going to talk about the Colts because the Colts are looking really, really good. Colts are looking like a team that's going to win football games. If Phillip Rivers plays clean football, this team is going to win games. Lots and lots of games. The schedule sets up very nicely. This weekend, it's a big game. The Browns, they're 3-1. and one. This is a good football team, too. They got weapons. They run the football well. They're weird. They run some novelty stuff. We saw Odell Beckham Jr. yesterday on a reverse score against the Cowboys. This is what happens when you invest all that money at the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, and the running back position. What you wind up getting, you get trench work on the defensive side especially because the Cowboys do have a really good offensive line. But they got a defense that is completely suspect, and that's a problem. That's a big problem. And yesterday it was huge as the Browns gashed the Cowboys to the tune of 307 uh, rushing yards. We'll talk about that this afternoon. Cannot wait to see you then.